0: The questionnaire has quoted five verses, five consecutive verses. Shlok 40 to 44 of chapter 6 of Srimad Bhagavad Gita. The blessed Lord said, O Parth, there is certainly no ruin for him here or hereafter. For no one engaged in good meets with a deplorable end, my son. Attaining the worlds of the righteous and residing there for eternal years, the man fallen from yoga is born in the house of the pious and the prosperous. Or he is born in the family of wise yogis. Such a birth as is of this kind is surely more difficult to get in the world. There he becomes endowed with wisdom acquired in the previous body and he strives more than before for perfection, O Skyan of the Kuru dynasty, for by that very past practice he is carried forward even in spite of himself. Even of seeker of yoga transcends the result of the performance of Vedic rituals. Uh, In this sequence, the two verses prior to the first verse here, uh, two should have been quoted. I'll give you the complete context. Arjun is asking, Please tell me, O Krishna, what happens to those who have devotion towards the truth, but are not unflappable. In Arjun's words, they have Shraddha but no Sayyam. So they are devoted, but their devotion is not stable. Their devotion keeps fluctuating. Sometimes they are devoted and sometimes they are not devoted. Hmm? And Sri Krishna is saying, you know, you require a lot of abhyas, practice, and practice means investment of time. A continuous period in which you are regularly, without fail, offering your devotion to your improvement. That is practice. Now Arjun is asking from his own point of view, he saying all these things told by Shri Krishna look fabulous, but what if one wavers in between? Hmm? He is thinking of himself you know, hmm? no. yes, he saying what if there is devotion, but devotion comes and goes and there are intermittent periods of distraction. So, Sri Krishna says, such a fellow is called Yog-Bhrasht. Hmm? Arjuna would probably be buckling up to hear from Krishna that a Yogabhrasht is bound to be barbecued in hell. But Krishna says, no. Even a Yogabhrasht is far better than the normal mortal. It's just that the Yogabhrasht guy will take a far longer route to come to me. Krishna says, the faith that he has posed in me will not go waste. The devotion that he offered to me will bear its fruit. But it seems that the concerned person himself is not very interested in tasting the fruit immediately. So the fruit will remain in abeyance. You do not want the fruit right now. so. Your investment will mature later on as per your wishes. So he will take a long winding route. What kind of long winding route he says this fellow will be reborn, but will be reborn at a conducive place. He will reborn in a family of pious people who are spiritually inclined and he will be some kind of a prodigious kid. Because all that he has learnt in his previous birth, will sort of stay with him. So therefore he will be able to understand the scriptures without much effort. And then, now in the current birth, if he has a little more sense, and makes better decisions compared to his previous births, then he will attain liberation. Because he has already put in a lot of effort, that is there in store, he can capitalize on it whenever he wants to, Hmm? getting it? The blessed one said, O Parth! There is certainly no ruin for him. Who is this him? He has been referred to in the previous verses. Him is the fellow who has Shraddha, but not samyam. Who has devotion, but not stillness, firmness. He is not unflinching. He is not deeply rooted. Sometimes he is in, sometimes he is out. That kind of a fellow. So Krishna is saying, Arjun, there is certainly no ruin for this person here or hereafter, for no one engaged in good meets with a deplorable end. Attaining the worlds of the righteous and residing there for eternal years, the man fallen from yoga, Yogabhasth, is born in the house of the pious and the prosperous or he is born in the family of wise Yogis. Such a birth as is of this kind is surely more difficult to get. There in that house, he becomes endowed with that wisdom acquired in the previous body and he strives more than before for perfection, O Arjun. For by that past practice, he is carried forward even in spite of himself. Even a seeker of yoga transcends the result of the performance of Vedic rituals, so that's the thing, now the question, Shri Krishna explains to Arjun that how nothing bad can happen to the one, no, no, that's not the case, anyway, Shri Krishna explains to Arjun that nothing bad can happen to the one who moves towards the Supreme Self even if he deflects from the righteous path. While doing so, he speaks of reincarnations and carrying forward of virtues from one birth to another. Please help me understand what is really meant by that. Time, time, nothing else. And it's not that Sri Krishna is saying that nothing bad can happen to him. What worse than to delay the inevitable? You are delaying your destiny. Is that not bad? Obviously, that is not bad if you compare it with those who are not even looking at their destiny. Compared to them, it is wonderful. But if you look at it from the point of view of attainment versus potential, then it is a bad situation. You had the possibility to attain something utterly quickly and you have brought time in between. You have unnecessarily postponed it, very bad. Right? Then the question arises then why does Krishna say that anybody who invests faith in me does never meet a deplorable end and is never ruined. You must understand the person Krishna is speaking to, Arjun is already nervous, do you understand the question? All this comes towards the fag end of chapter 6. Krishna has already told Arjun that there is no way but to engage in selfless action, it is very difficult for Arjun to understand, let alone follow. So, Arjun is saying, I am kind of getting you, but I clearly see that I will not be able to stand firm in what you are saying. Hmm? Because his understanding is not complete, when your understanding is not complete, then how can you be unflappable? You will keep it vacillating, hmm? right? So the reply has been customized to not to discourage Arjun. Now Arjun is asking, sir, your words are beautiful, but please tell me what happens to those who follow your words only partially? That's the question in effect, right? Practically that's what Arjun is asking. And suppose if Krishna says, Arjun, they will burn in the fires of hell, those who follow me only partially, then Arjun knows very well now what lies in store for him. He was anyway so nervous and the moment Krishna tells him that if you follow me only partially, then You you will burn in hell or a sad end and total ruin awaits you, then Arjun will be thoroughly discouraged, correct? So, Krishna advises him according to his situation. He says, you know, don't worry. Even if you follow me only partially, yet there are great benefits. What Krishna is saying him, dude, follow me at least partially. Mm-hmm. He is not encouraging him to follow only partially. Krishna is saying, follow me at least. at least partially because Krishna can practically see that Arjun will not be able to follow him totally and absolutely. So, in a very practical way, Shri Krishna is going for the next best option. He is saying, you cannot follow me absolutely, follow me at least partially. partially." So, to encourage Arjun, he is saying, you know, Arjun, even if you follow me only partially, yet great things will happen to you. Hmm? Maybe in this birth, you won't be liberated. But in the next birth, you will be born in a pious and prosperous families. Or maybe you will be born in a family of yogis. And you will be born with supreme talents because you will remember all that you have read and known in your previous birth. So you will quickly attain liberation in one of your coming births. So now Arjun is feeling all right fine. So that means if I listen to Krishna, at least some gain will be there. That much is guaranteed. Hmm? That kind of thing. Now Krishna would not have said the same thing to a more earnest seeker. Had a more earnest seeker asked the same question, Sri Krishna would have said, why are you unnecessarily delaying the inevitable? Why are you waiting for 200 years to get liberated? When liberation is possible right now, then why are you saying that you will have Shraddha but not Sayyam? If you say that you have Shraddha, then honesty demands that you have Sayyam also. Sayyam means remaining, Stable in your shraddha. Sayyam means being honest about your shraddha, that is devotion. What kind of devotion is it that cannot absorb you completely? Lack of sayyam means you are not fully absorbed, you are half in and half out. Hmm? So the yog brushed person is better off than the one who has no love, no feeling for yoga, obviously. But that does not mean that the yog brushed root is a good root at all. It's just that even if you are yog brushed, you do get some benefits now we come to the concern regarding rebirth the questioner seems to be asking what is this thing about being born in a better family in the next birth and carrying the that has to be understood merely as the introduction of time being born again at a better place merely means that your worldly conditions will anyway be better off if you have some spiritual inclination right now. If your spiritual investment was total, then you would have been liberated from the world, please understand. Had your Shraddha been absolute, that would have resulted in absolute liberation from the world. But your devotion, your Shraddha is not absolute, it is partial. So, it will not give you liberation from the world, but still it will give you better situations in the world. Are you getting it? Total devotion in the truth will liberate you from the world. Partial devotion in the truth will lead to an improvement in your situation in the world. That is what Sri Krishna is referring to as being reborn in a better family. It merely means your situation in the world will improve and that obviously will. If you are wise, then even your worldly situation is going to improve. Hmm? And when your worldly situation will improve, that will incentivize you all the more to dive deeper into wisdom. Because you do have some devotion, you do have some wisdom even if partial. So when you start seeing the result of that devotion coming to you, then you feel energized Incentivized to be devoted even more. And when you are devoted even more, you come to a point when there is complete liberation from the world. Hmm? That's the practical essence of Sri Krishna's words on the Yoga Vrasht. Getting it? Hmm? Well, if uh, Krishna is Saying that at least follow me partially. So it is under the assumption that it may start with the partial and may convert to the total. But in the beginning, when we were talking about that, it's a choice. Man is born with a choice that whether he wants to go all the way or not then isn't this a very big gamble, that you are pushing somebody for even for the partial when it is, uh, when uh, it cannot be said that it will go for the total. As in this, this half-fed knowledge, wouldn't it be more harmful? That's the best case possible, because that's how this person is choosing for himself. Nothing better, if this fellow could have chosen absolute liberation. But he is very unwilling to go for perfection. He is in some kind of a trial mode. Hmm? And Sri Krishna is saying, fine, if that is your decision, at least Try out the stuff, obviously had your devotion, your investment been deeper, had you made bigger commitments, then you would have received greater benefits. But I cannot force you to commit yourself in a deeper way i can only encourage you so this is his way of encouraging arjun